the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Right, yeah, really. All right, let's do this. Diamond Envy podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy is always brought to you by Cavens Group. You know what to do. Check them out, cavensgroup.com. Five and a weekend, 67 consecutive wins. OU softball flex this weekend in Cathedral City and Palm Spring, the Mary Nutter Classic, whatever you want to call it. But OU looked good this weekend. Um, and in my opinion, the best weekend up you know, top to bottom, all three all facets of the game. Actually, there's more than three facets of the game. So I'll say in every facet of the game, I think the best weekend they've had up to this point. But here's the real point that I want to make today. 67 consecutive wins. I know the number. You know the number. And I don't think anyone's taking this for granted, this historic run. But I do just want to say this part out loud. We are in the midst of the greatest run in college softball history. We played a lot of college softball over the years. There's been a lot of great teams. Programs have, you know, kind of risen to the occasion, maybe fell back down a little bit. There's been a lot of great things that have happened in college softball over the years. Nobody has ever had a more dominant, more historic run than what OU's on right now with this 67-game win streak, ever. We've played a lot of softball. No one has ever done what this team is doing right now, what this program is doing right now. Championships, the consecutive wins, the style that they're doing it. Let us not take for granted what we're witnessing right now. Because what we're witnessing, in my opinion, will never be replicated again in college softball. What we're seeing right now from OU, this historic win streak, and who knows when it's going to end, it'll never happen again in the history of college softball. That's my belief. That's my opinion, unless, of course, OU is the one that breaks it. But with UCLA going to the Big Ten and all these other conference realignment going on, the SEC is about to get a lot tougher with OU and Texas. Like like Conference realignment is a big part of my opinion here, but that part doesn't even matter. It's just so hard to win this many consecutive softball games in a row like the sport is more evenly spread out than it has been and I say that we have the most dominant run in the history of the sport going on right now but there's more good teams out there the sport isn't dominated by five to six teams maybe like it was at one point which makes it all the more impressive what OU's been able to do here over the course of the past decade plus really since the year 2000 but what we've seen here over the past 365 plus days I don't think we'll ever see again in college softball history. I don't. I, I just don't. And I don't know what this win streak number is going to end at. They're so good that you can't sit here and say, well, there's a loss on the schedule. I can tell you who I think the tougher games are remaining, including three that you're going to have to play in Austin in April. But I, I just really want to put into perspective, do not take this for granted. Don't take it for granted. Let's live in the moment of greatness because this is greatness right now. Game in and game out, you are witnessing greatness. And it's an incredible thing to see. It really is. Um, Okay, so let's start here. Let's start with Sunday's games, and I'm actually going to work my way back. And I thought Sunday was just a really good overall day. You know that it's your travel day. You you got a doubleheader. You start early, what, 9 a.m. local time. And you you came in and took care of business. Should you against Seattle and Loyola Marymount? Sure. But I'm not going to hold... The opponent against OU, it's one of those situations, and you hear it all the time. Nick Saban called it uh, an an inner scoreboard. Skip Johnson says play against the ball. Really, the the point is, is the opponent is kind of faceless. It's kind of playing against yourself. Coming out game by game, pitch by pitch, all, all of those things that we hear all the time. 
but it is true. Like, regardless of who the opponent is, regardless if it's, you know, playing in Austin or playing Seattle today in Cathedral City, can you come out with your best stuff? And I thought OU was pretty good today. I really did. 8-0 win over Seattle. Ella Parker was fantastic. I think she was maybe the story of the day. She hits that two-run home run, then she hits another one after that. Ella Parker, two home runs in one game, and you just love to see these newcomers really start to emerge early in the season and say, hey, I, I've got some pop. I, I can do some things offensively. That'll only help this team moving forward, not only this year, but of course for years to come as well. Ella Parker had a fantastic day. Fantastic day. Really happy for her. And we talk about confidence all the time because softball is a game of confidence for sure. And I think Patty has even mentioned that that's maybe why the offense hasn't been, you know, where it's needed to be throughout the first, what, nine games of the season is maybe confidence, maybe pressing too much. Someone like Ella Parker doing that, hitting two home runs and that game, that first game on Sunday, uh, happy for her. Happy for her because that was a really just a solid day. Not just game, a solid day for Mella Parker, and we'll get into what she did against Loyola. Uh, Carly Keeney got the start. She was good. Peyton Monticelli got in the game. Uh, pitching staff, that one-two duo, excellent against Seattle. Great defensive plays by Jada, two of them. Why are you trying to run? Why are you trying to get an extra base on Jada Coleman? Have you not paid attention to the sports? Huh? Seattle, I mean, have you not watched the Women's College World Series? Because if you did, You've seen Jada Coleman making plays left and right out in center field. She guns a runner down, makes a great play in center field. Good to see Jada just, um, just I don't want to say see Jada back because she didn't have a bad start to the year or anything. It's just fun to see Jada make those highlight defensive plays because not only are they incredible to watch, she's got the flair for the dramatic or the, the incredible plays, but she gets up and just pumps everybody up and gets you going. Even if you're watching on Flow Softball, still get you going to see Jada out there in center field uh, making plays. So the throw that she made, the catch that she made, excellent day, kind of like Ella Parker, excellent day by Jada, as we'll talk about a big hit that she had in the second game. But that's, I mean, really kind of the takeaway from the first game. That's that's how you want to start the first game of a doubleheader on a Sunday on a day on a day that you're uh, going to fly back to Oklahoma. You came out, you dominated, you won eight nothing, and you left no doubt in that game. Riley Ludlam had a bomb in that game, her first, so congratulations to her. So I thought, uh, just to put a quick wrap on this Seattle game, I thought all around a really good performance for OU in the, uh, in, in the first game of the day. Also, uh, Shy was out there. She was uh, putting up photos on social media. Diamond Envy Stats and Info is what we call her here because she's got all the stats and the info, just like Jessica Bame. Those two got every stat and <laughs> info that you could ever want uh, for OU softball, which is pretty awesome. But good to see Shy was out there. She got to see two wins today. Uh, then OU wins over Loyola Marymount 9-0. Ella Parker just early. She has a double in that game. Hit that ball really hard. Uh, just goes back to what I just previously said about her in the Seattle game. And, you know, it's kind of one thing to do it in one game, right? And, and two home runs, that's impressive all on its own. But I think that showed a lot that she was able to come back in the second game and just get right off to a great start. I mean, that's that's her best in her young career. That's her best game so far, hitting two home runs in one game. But then to come back right after that and hit a ball really hard and get a double the next game, I, I think that shows Patty something. I think that shows that she is about consistency and she can be consistent if she's in the lineup on a on an everyday basis. 
Uh, Nicole May was good today, and you kind of expected that, right? Um, Patty said before the game they wanted to get Nicole some some work here in the uh, in the second game, and looked good, looked sharp. Of course, Riley Boone had a uh, had a big hit. I mean, she's tenth RBI of the year already for Riley Boone, and she had that big RBI in the second inning. I think that was with two outs. Riley Boone, maybe that wasn't with two outs, but she's just she's on a tear to start the year. You know, and they had her at the top of the lineup in that game, but already double-digit RBIs for Riley Boone in the year. She's having a heck of a start to the season. Really, really good start to the season. And, of course, we remember her biggest hit of the year so far, what she did in that Washington game a uh, couple of weekends back. Jade, I thought that was big for her. Of course, we talked about the defensive play she had against Seattle. Got that big home run. Uh, Brito had a big home run as well. And I, I heard Patty saying also to Plank that I guess the – Something's up with the softball, and the balls aren't carrying out as much as they normally do. I think Plank hinted that Tara Henry might have something on that this week, so I'll be curious to see what's going on with that. But like with that, I think that makes this weekend even more impressive because if you listen to the last episode, we talked so much about, okay, this team's got to get going offensively. You can't leave so many runners on base. You can't, you know, leave some of the opportunities that OU's had so far this year. And Patty voiced her displeasure. I, I think she definitely turned up the heat in practice last week. So to see this team come out and perform the way they did offensively and with a ball that doesn't carry as much as they're used to, I think that that makes this 5 and a weekend at the Mary Nutter maybe even a little bit more impressive uh, than, than how it kind of, you know, meets the eye here. So find out more about that this week. I think that's pretty curious. But a good Sunday, just a good overall Sunday. Came out, took care of business, didn't allow any runs. Seventeen nothing combined score. Not a whole lot to complain about in um, in those two Sunday games. As we look back to Saturday, um, nice win over San Diego State, seven nothing, and a- another game. What's that? Three consecutive games to in this weekend where OU doesn't allow a run. So this pitching staff, we talked about it last week, how deep it is, and it showed up again. Uh, Tiare just had a heck of a game against San Diego State. Three for four. She had the home run. And by the way, I, you know, and, and I use this as such a key point in the offseason because I think it was such a big storyline replacing Grace Lyons. I think Tiare has been really good at short so far. I thought we were going to see a lot more rotating in and out at that spot, but that's, it feels like that's Tiare's job. That's Tiare's position here moving forward. And I thought in the fall, and maybe even Patty thought in the fall, they're going to try out several different players at that spot or play multiple players at that spot, especially early on in the year. But Tiare's, I think she's just done a a really solid job. And that shouldn't be surprising to anyone. It's Tiare Jennings, one of the best players in the sport. But I think all in all, she's been good. Had a really, like I said, three for four day with that big home run. She hammered, hammered that softball, especially since it's not carrying as far, right? Then she really got a hold of it. But uh, like what we saw from Tiare this weekend, and, of course, in that San Diego State game, maybe the best single game by a position player this weekend. Her or Ella Parker against Seattle like, were two of the better performances, I think, individually that we saw um, saw throughout the weekend. And, hey, I, I think even better things are to come for Tiara at shortstop. The more reps she gets, the more starts she gets, um, just kind of the more, more and more comfortable at that position, I, I think that um, – yeah, is she an All-American by the end of the year at shortstop? I think that name carries a lot of weight. What a story that would be to lose someone like Grace Lyons and still end up having an All-American at that position because T.R.A. Jennings um, is so good. 
But Patty uh, talked a lot in the pregame. She thinks that the seniors were uh, pressing a little bit early, and I didn't see that as much this week. You know, we talked about Jada hitting the bomb today. Of course, Tiare had a really good weekend as well, and her final Marionette Classic out there. Her final one, Jada's final, Kinsey's final as well. So, and 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 Plank was hitting that maybe OU isn't back at the Mary Nutter here in the near future because of the SEC schedule. I personally like that tournament. I don't know if they go to Clearwater or where were they where they would go in the future, but you know, you just saw how many people wanted a glimpse of this team, how many autographs that people wanted throughout this weekend. So, I think that'll be the case if. OU hosts their own tournament or goes wherever to play in the non-conference, but it just feels like OU's been such a staple of that tournament recently that um, the Mary Netter Classic is always going to be a really good tournament, but without the show there, without OU there, um, it loses its luster a little bit. You, you got to say that. It loses its luster a little bit if OU's not out there for the, uh, for the immediate future. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you talk about a bunch of girls that grew up watching this tournament like TRA did. So I'm sure it was very sentimental for her. Of course, her sister was out there, a really cool story. And to be able to grow up watching this tournament and then play in it and play at a high level like she did, got to be really cool for uh, T.R.A. Jennings and uh, her family. Kirsten Deal was really good against San Diego State, by the way, guys. Seven nothings, three hits, zero runs, six strikeouts. Big for her. Big outing for Kirsten Deal. And she was so good in that game against San Diego State, that it's Patty's like, I don't really know if she needs any work on Sunday because she performed so well. So a little bit of a shaky start in Mexico, but I think KD has really bounced back and have given you some great innings since then. I mean, really, some really good innings since then. She admitted that she was nervous in Mexico, and she's come back and she's performed at a very, very high level the past two weeks. So she will continue to be a weapon in the circle, and I, she's still a young player, guys. She's still a very young pitcher. She will continue to get better and better and better as her career moves forward. And someone that I still think that even though she's performing at a high level right now, still going to look like a different version at the end of the year. And that's what even happened last year when she was a true freshman. You know, early in the year, she had some bumps. But towards the end of the year, you saw that Kirsten Deal was performing at a very, very high level. So if we saw that growth in year one from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, why can't we see that in her sophomore year as well? And I think that that's, that's what's going to happen for KD. And we're going to look at her as one of the you know main arms in the circle as this team makes a run at another national championship. I got a lot of confidence in KD right now, right, right now and very, very happy with uh, the way that she's been pitching in the circle. Um, who stayed up late night on Friday night? Anybody? Anybody at all? <laughs> what was it, like a uh, 9.40 local start time, 11.40 central time? And for those of you East Coasters out there, it was past midnight by the time that game started. It was a late night, late night in that game against Wisconsin because we were running late before OU even got to that game against Mississippi State. But um, five-inning run rule against Wisconsin, 9.40 local start. I'm sure that team was... I, you know, that was just the second game of the weekend. So maybe they weren't gassed. I, I guess maybe more than anything, maybe they were tired against that San Diego, in that San Diego State game on Saturday. So even more kudos for the team to come out and win that game 7-0 after a long night that they had the previous night. But one 10-0 over Wisconsin, or excuse me, 10-2 over Wisconsin in five innings. Kelly Maxwell 
Four and zero already on the season. Four innings pitched, three hits, two runs, two earned runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. Not necessarily her best start of the year, but I thought that Carly Keeney came in and finished it out nicely. One innings, uh, excuse me, one inning, zero hits, and one walk. Not to say that Kelly Maxwell was bad. She was not bad. It's just we're we're used to seeing her be just flat out dominant, and I think the large sample size up to this point is that she has been dominant and will continue to uh to be that way here moving forward but she gets the win she's 4-0 already four wins on the year and I think whatever your expectations were so far for Kelly Maxwell I don't maybe she's exceeded some of those because she looks like the best arm that this team has right now and one of the best arms in all of college softball so four wins already this year and yeah you, you guessed it she's not done winning games anytime soon and then the uh, the big game this weekend. The most difficult game, the only ranked opponent on the schedule. And you got down 2 nothing in the first. And I was really impressed with this team to get down 2 nothing in the first after this tough week of practice and some questioning them, their coach saying that they've got to be better, more consistent. All right, let's do it this weekend. The Mary Nutter Classic is where we get right in all facets. Here we go. And then they're not even... They don't even get their first opportunity at the plate. They're already down 2 nothing. But what does this team do in the bottom of the first inning? They respond to get two back. So we're tied at two going into the second inning. thought that was big for this team. Doesn't determine whether they're going to win a national championship or not, what their you know, seeding is going to be in the NCAA tournament. But to get down early like that and to come back and tie it, I think it says or shows some growth that we're seeing offensively and seeing maybe the mind mindset maybe shifted a little bit what maybe more of what patty wanted to see then you get down three two in the top of the second you come back with two runs in the bottom of the second so you respond in back-to-back innings and from there you really took off and be a good mississippi state team nine to three that's a good team guys do i think mississippi state's gonna win the sec probably not no i actually i don't i I think georgia or tennessee is gonna win the sec but i think mississippi state will you know, um, be one of the better teams in the SEC this year. I think they're a good squad overall, and I think we saw that late on Friday. And I think a big key for OU, and we'll go back to what Patty said, that the seniors have pressed early. Well, look what the top of your lineup did in that game. Jada, Tiare, Kinsey, and Brito. Those are four players that have played a lot of softball for you. And the top of the order had, what, six RBIs in that game against Mississippi State? That's what you want. I mean, that's the meat of your order. Those are the most recognizable faces that you have game in, game out. Jada Coleman, Tiare Jennings, Kenzie Hansen, Alyssa Brito, and you're not going to find a better one through four in the country. You're not going to find a better one through four than what OU has when that is the top of the order. And to get six RBIs against a top 20 team like that, like that's what you're looking for from those four players. Very, very impressed that those players who have played a lot of college softball here came out early on in this game and really kind of set the tone for the entire weekend. I, I think that that was the most, it was probably always going to be the most important game of the weekend, but that set the tone for the entire weekend, coming out and beating Mississippi State like you did. No, it wasn't a run rule. You didn't beat them 10-0 or anything, but you set the tone offensively throughout the entire weekend, and it wasn't the best offensive game that OU's had, but given the opponent, it was a really good, I think, offensive approach and an offensive game for OU. You scored a run in five of the six innings that you had in that bat because, of course, you were the home team and did not bat in the bottom of the seventh inning. Nicole May, she got her fourth win as well. 
Uh, four innings pitch, seven hits, three earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. Not her best outing. Um, control was missing on some spots. Three walks is a little bit high for her in four innings, but we know what Nicole May is all about. She'll get right. Just like the start the next day from Kelly Maxwell where she had four walks, maybe a little bit off, they'll get back to normal. And I think they did once we saw them throughout the weekend. Um, but this S.J. Guerin story is, like, fun. It's feel good. And Patty said it was the highlight of last weekend. Well, it's becoming more than just a feel-good story. S.J.'s good. S.J.'s a good pitcher. One and two-thirds innings against that Mississippi State team. Zero hits. And how about the confidence from Patty? You know, not that long ago, a week ago, where S.J. gets her first action in an OU uniform. And then she throws her in in a game like Mississippi State, and she performs really well. So just more and more confidence now that Patty has for S.J. Guerin, I would think. And then Kelly Maxwell comes in, an ending in the third, zero hits in that game against uh, Mississippi State. Four strikeouts, which she struck out every single pitcher she faced uh, in that Mississippi State game. And she is so good in the relief role, so good. And I know that I brought that up before, and she's fantastic as an ace. I think one of the best, if not the best, in the Big 12. She's really good in the relief role as well. And don't discount that as we move forward here, just how clutch she's been in situations where she's had to close the game and maybe not start. Because that's not easy to do. Like, when you're a starter, a lot of times you're a starter, and how you prep for a game is the same, and your routine before the game is the same. It's a lot different when you have to come in in a relief role. And Kelly Maxwell has been fantastic every time she's had to come in late in the game and close the game out. So as we move forward throughout the season, as we you know get to the postseason at some points, Kelly Maxwell's not going to start every game. Nicole May will start games. Kirsten Deal will start games. Who knows who else? But you have an option in the back end to where if you need two innings to close the game out, Kelly Maxwell can do it. Kelly Maxwell will be able to close that game out uh, at, at a high level. And, and I'll have a lot of confidence in her when she's called upon to do so. But just overall, guys, just a just a good weekend. 67 straight. Don't take it for granted. Let's live in the moment. Let's be present. Let's appreciate the greatness of what's going on right now because I don't think that we're ever going to see it again in college softball history. I just, I just really, really don't. This is a special program, a special group, and they're doing very, very special things right now. All right, that's fun. I hope that's not the final Mary Nutter Classic that we see OU in in a long time. But if it is, you close it out the right way with a uh, with the five and a weekend. That's for sure. And there will be no doubt next week who the number one team in the country will continue to be. And we get to open up Love's Field. Love's Field less than a week. We get to open that thing up. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, guys. Appreciate you as always. Um, you're always sending me nice notes on social media. You're always sharing the podcast. Special shout out to. To Mark Worley out there. He's always sharing the podcast. Appreciate Mark uh, for always doing so. He's uh, he's an awesome guy. Thank you to everyone out there. Thank you for consuming the podcast, sharing the podcast, and talking about the greatness that is OU softball. Love to see all the updates that you have uh, throughout the games. I, it watching the games are fun, but to you know see all your interactions or to see all your opinions and everything that's going on, it makes it. Um, Makes it enjoyable. It's it's softball season. Again, it's most fun time of the year. And the games will get more and more important as we go on, but still having a lot of fun right now in the non-conference portion of the schedule. All right, that'll do it for this week. 
We'll talk to you next week right here on the Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas.